Hi, I'm Lauren Dimmitt-Waters. Hi, I'm Alyssa Chapman. We're two New York City bloggers and influencers who have been covering beauty, fashion, and family life for what seems like forever. But now we're two women in midlife who want to discover all the secrets to growing younger. We're ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, lifestyle, wellness, and longevity. We'll unearth what works and what you shouldn't waste your money on. Even if it's crazy, we'll hunt down the latest and greatest to help us all get through this journey with a little humor. And a lot of moxie. We want to keep fighting that fight so we can grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hi, everyone. It's Lauren with Found of 30. And it's Melissa with the StatenOnFamily.com. How's how are you doing today? I am so good, but gosh darn it, I am hungry, eating too much. I hear ya. So we have then we have the perfect guest today. Uh, we have Lisa Moskovitz, who is, I don't know, you might have seen her on Good Day New York, Fox 5 News, or MSNBC. She's a weight management eating disorder and sports nutrition specialist, as well as the CEO and founder of the New York Nutrition Group. She wow. has an extensive background, I know, in nutrition sciences and behavioral counseling, and she has successfully treated thousands of New Yorkers. And she has a special talent and dedication for helping her clients, no matter their specific challenges and barriers. And she graduated from Syracuse University, where she got a BS in nutrition sciences. <laughs> All right, Lisa. Whoa, Lisa. Thank she, you, guys. Wow. What a great so intro. More. There's so much more here, but I, you know, I could take up the whole hour or whatever. <laughs> but before we go any further, that I just want perfect. Before yeah. we go any further, I just want to say that we are recording remotely. So if you hear anything that doesn't sound so great, please bear with us. We really want to continue this podcast, and you know, we're trying our best to get the guests and to do it remotely. So just, you know, just listen along, and you know, if anything weird sounds sounds weird, just you know. Please bear with us. Anyway, so continue, Lisa. Yes. Okay. Yes. How you doing? Oh, I'm great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And yes, well, I'm, we are virtual. So <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're going to have some technical difficulties, I'm sure. So like whatever that was that just crashed. Um, okay. So I thought that we should talk about something very pertinent right now. And that is dieting issues during isolation. Oh my God. Because, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, Melissa and I were talking and it has been over a hundred days of, for me, hell when it comes to eating well. And some people have thrived, but most Mm -hmm. of us have not. Melissa Mm -hmm. thrived. I did not. So, but, you know, I don't want to seem like this great person here. Like, I thrive really because our situations are so vastly different. I have much older kids who really, like, make their own food. I'm not always cooking meals. Um, I, I feel like being vegan helps. But I really do believe that most of why I'm, I've been able to stay on track is because my kids are older and I can just basically do my own thing. I don't have to worry about making, like, three meals a day. If okay, I had to, for- I would be humongous. Well, okay, but Lisa, tell us, for those of us that really failed miserably, how do we get back on track? Yes, and and I just want to preface this all by saying that whether or not you gained weight or did well or didn't do well during this whole pandemic, just staying home and not going out and wearing your mask and social distancing, like you were doing great and just give yourself a pass 
don't make yourself feel bad for that. Um, but at the same time, it's always great to try and practice self-care and you should always deserve to feel and, and look your best as much as possible. Um, Wait, did you but- say dessert or deserve? Deserve. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And dessert. And you could also have dessert too and Sorry. accomplish all of that. <laughs> Sorry, continue, continue. <laughs> so, you know, so what I've been doing is I'm really just helping people and encouraging them whether they're thriving, like we said, and using this time to cook more at home and exercise with all the free live workouts that are available now. Um, or maybe they're not as stressed because they don't have to wake up early and do that long commute into the office and be around coworkers that they can't stand and have the temptations <laughs> of eating out in restaurants with the seven course meals and the alcohol until 1 a.m. You know, I think that's why those people specifically thrived. But for people, especially like me and you, Lauren, who have the families and have the kids at home and are working from home and are trying to school our children, it's really yep. hard to juggle it all. I don't think anyone does it perfectly. And if they pretend to, they're lying. So, you know, and 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 for them, again, it, it's and for those people, including us, that just like it was more challenging. It doesn't it, whatever happened, happened. Now is a new day. Tomorrow is a new day. And you can just kind of start over. I like to always give you a clean slate. That's the beauty of life. Um, And you can always try to improve on whatever you were struggling with going forward. And that's hopefully what I can kind of share some tips on today, specifically like what, what could help you get started again if you feel like you lost your way throughout the past four to five months. Well, you know, because I, I have, a, I do a lot of recipes in my blog. I do a lot of Weight Watchers recipes, and I'm noticing that many, many people over this over this three month period have either dropped out of Weight Watchers or, you know, just couldn't find the right um, ingredients for their recipes, mm-hmm. and so they really yes. have just like left the diet completely. Now, so many people are having such a hard time getting back on track. Yes, it's like I think it's the hardest thing to do when you've lost weight or you've been doing so well. And then you see it all go to, you know, mm-hmm. go to pot. But, it's but so I think hard. like it, it, in my case, though, and I think we've discussed this is that I I know better. I'm a very I am a very healthy person. I ate, you know, a, a anti-inflammatory diet. I I know how to eat well. I, I know all these things. But for some reason, I was never a stress eater before. But for some reason, maybe because mm-hmm. I was so undone and I. I had a lot of other things going on in my life at the same time. And I just, I started baking cookies. Mm-hmm. I started uh, cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner for everybody. I ate, like, I just knew better. Yeah. And, and let's not talk, let's not even forget about all the wine I've been consuming. Uh, you know, and I just, I don't know what yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean... I, I always joke when life gives you COVID, you make banana bread. Like that's just <laughs> what we all did. It was survival mode and you right. did the best you could. And there definitely was more, you know, alcohol involved and all that stuff. And to Melanie, your point before, there was also this, a little bit of this food scarcity, which, which I know that I was a little bit like concerned about. I had clients that were telling me, what if I can't get that? You're telling me to eat this. And I know that I, I know what to eat and I know how to make these balanced and nutritious meals but what if I can't get these ingredients? And that was also a real thing that people were suffering from too, which is going back to my point of like, it was just survival mode. So you just like did what you had to do um, throughout this process. And 
and it could have been a lot of a lot of stress. I think it was very stressful for a lot of people. And that emotional eating and stress eating can come with the territory. Uh, and and also the big thing that I noticed too as well, which is kind of just a lot about human nature and what motivates us to eat what we know we should eat. And and like you said, Lauren, like you knew what you had to eat, you know this stuff. And I'm always like, knowledge is power, that's great, but the execution can always be a little bit more challenging. Um, is just that, you know, again, during this whole time and the fact that it was was stressful, I think people were just holding on to anything that they could to get through it. Uh, and at the same trying to at the same time trying to keep their immune system strong as well. But going back to my point, is that motivation? A lot of times it's like for events. It's like, okay, I have to really, I want to stay in shape and I want to get fit because I have this wedding coming up, or I'm gonna be on a beach, or I'm going on this trip and I'm gonna be wearing a bikini. You know, I think a lot of people that motivation is more external instead of an intrinsic motivation where it's just like naturally part of us that we want to feel our best and look our best. And I think part of this pandemic and having to quarantine took that away. It wasn't like people didn't feel that like need, you know, or that like, okay, I'm going to have to to show things off and I'm going to have to put on these jeans. Some people weren't even wearing jeans for like the whole entire time. Uh, That would be me. Yeah, no, so true. Yeah, yeah. I know. We had and then I went to go put them on and it was like, oh boy. <laughs> what happened here? Oh boy. Yeah. 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 The gene test. You know, I, I was telling everyone, even no if you don't have a scale. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So, so I think, I think it's on one hand, like something to learn is like, okay, I need to figure out that relationship with food, but also something that will keep me motivated. That's not like an event that's coming up and something that is more that is deeper and maybe more meaningful, like just wanting to keep your immune system strong, which obviously is a very big concern of a lot of people right now. But don't you think eating badly, though, compromises your immune system? One thousand percent. But stressing okay. about eating poorly, if you okay. want to call it poorly or badly or whatever, is also going to compromise your immune system. So I would say, of course, do everything you can to eat as balanced and nutritiously as possible for a lot of reasons, including immune support. But if it doesn't go that way all the time, stressing about it, feeling bad about it, beating yourself up for it, that's not going to help either. And that stress and burden you place on yourself is probably going to also have just as of a negative impact on your um, ability to fight infection in an immune system. So I'm all about the realism here. Like I like to be realistic. Like you could flood your and fill up your cabinets with all the supplements in the world and have your celery juice and, you know, take every antioxidant that you've ever heard of in your (laughs) life. And that's great. And just like do all that. But are you going to keep that up? Is that sustainable? Is that something that you're going to be able to do forever? And if not, is it really, is it really worth all that money? You know, or are you just really having very expensive urine, you know? So, (laughs) so what are you saying though? Like, so if you if you've actually fallen off the wagon, you haven't been you know you haven't been doing any of these things, mm-hmm. and just you're saying just like be gentle with yourself and sort of take the first step and and what what that, should that first step yeah, be? Yeah, what is that first? Like step? what yes. would that first step be? Yes. So I'm all about goals. Like I think goals are super super important, but you have to be careful about those goals. Like just like I want to lose weight, that's a great goal and and awesome, and I'm and I encourage that, but if that's what's going to make you feel good, but it has to be, it has to be more specific and sometimes smaller. Like I just like, how are you going to, 
achieve that goal. You have to have something that you can take action on more. So even just like a few things you could start with food records, for example, are something I always use with my clients. Just write down what you're eating for like a week. And some people are probably rolling their eyes at me because my clients do the same thing. And just like the thought (laughs) of like writing down everything that you eat is like going to, you know, be mind blowing. But but in the same way, it will be mind blowing because you'll be able to learn so many more things than you ever would have remembered. Like if I said to you guys, what did you eat last week? I don't know if you would remember every single thing. Maybe you would, but like most no. people have no idea. It's so yeah, funny no. because that's how I live my life. Like my <laughs> life is I'm so structured. I know exactly what I'm eating, when I'm eating. Yeah. Like I'm so, but that's, well, that's like my internal. Thrived. But, that, but, that's the, <laughs> but I think that's my internal clock though, is that like, I know exactly how much bread I've eaten for the day. So I know I'm, oh, I can't have any more bread because I already had a piece of bread in the morning or whatever. So you know, the question is, Melanie, sorry to interrupt you, but, but the sorry, question Melissa, is, Melissa, 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 I'm sorry. sorry. No, no problem. I'm so no. sorry. Okay, okay, Melissa. So the question is, Melissa, do you feel like part of that is like, do you think about it too much or you do think that it actually is a healthy thing in your life? Like, do you ever get upset about if you ate more than you wanted to or ate more than you planned to? Um. Oh my, absolutely. I think, okay. I, I think that, you know, my relationship with food has been very nuanced, like everybody's. It's, you know, I've, I've used it as comfort sometimes. I've used it as just mindlessly eating, but I'm very short. You know, I'm like, I'm like four feet, 11 inches tall. So like anything that I eat sticks on me, especially mm-hmm. after 40. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I saw my metabolism just go downhill. I'm so, and so I have to just be so careful about everything that I eat. Cause I, yes. I, I know that I'll gain weight. Like I'll, I, and five pounds on me will look like, you know, there's nowhere for it to go. So it just right. like, you just see everything. And I can relate to that because I'm yeah. like five one yeah. on, on a good day. So yes, yes. I so, totally relate to that. I so, get it. So for yeah. me, it's like it's just, you know, if I want to, you know, put into my clothing, I have no choice. Like it's just it's just yeah. it's just the yeah. way that I operate and like it sucks. I'm not gonna yes. say that I enjoy it. Like I think I don't want to eat like my daughter just made like these vegan chocolate chip cookies and I wanted all of them. I didn't even have any because I knew that if I had one, it would lead me down a bad path. I didn't have any, right. you know, and it's right. just, just the way that I operate and like COVID has not changed that for me. I can't, I can't yeah. let okay, go of but, that. And that's so interesting because I, it changed everything for me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. who are you? You know, mm-hmm. like who is this person? Cause I, I, I can't believe I'm admitting this cause, but I'm, you know, I'm always about honesty, but you know, I talked the talk and I did not walk the walk during this. And mm-hmm. I, you know, for me, it's important that if I'm having this issue and if it's, you know, somebody like me is pretty in control of things, I lost total control and mm-hmm. that's scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I, and just, just you and I already discussed this, but I, I hit the wall. I was not just disgusted and it's not just because my clothes aren't fitting the way I want them to. And I'm sitting in my closet right now recording, looking at all the clothes that I do not fit into right now. Um, And I'm sad. I don't want to go out and spend money and buy. I like a lot of my clothes and I want to wear them. But for me, I think when the, you know, metal hit the road for me is that I start realizing I'm not feeling well. And that's Mm -hmm. why I want to get back on track. And I tease you know, Melissa, she's a vegan and I'm like, Oh my God, really? You know, but cause I, you know, I eat meat, I eat everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been the problem, but 
I have started now. I'm I'm going plant based. So you know, and I feel better yeah. already. It's been like five days. Come to the dark um, side, Lauren. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I mean, but I'm still eating. I'm going to eat fish because I'm eating fish twice a week. I love fish. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll probably eat a little bit of organic chicken somewhere down the road and grass-fed beef. I mean, I'm not going completely vegan, but I am definitely eating a lot more vegetables and whatnot. So, but, but for people, um, yeah. you know, that feel like they've gone off the rails, I mean, I, I think that that's great. You know, the first step is to put it together a food journal because it really does keep you accountable and you probably are going to look at it and think, oh my God, wow, that's really everything that I ate. I mean, that's Yeah, great. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm so doing that. Yep. I'm telling you because I... I'm going to write down everything. I've been good, but I'm still going to write it down. So, it so just what, helps. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some of your other tips. Okay. Yeah, so the else? food journals are great. And I just want to say too, with the plant-based and vegan um, yeah. and plant-based is very uh, popular right now. It's a very um, trendy way to eat, but I don't like to call it trendy because I think it is something that will last a while. We're seeing so many studies about the benefits of plant-based eating, which by the way, is a little different than vegan eating. So yes. it's, it's kind of like vegan, but with a little bit more flexibility and maybe a little different reason behind it. It's not like, you know, you might still have a love of animals, but it's a little bit more health driven than moral reasons. Right. Um, so, but it, but it is a great way to eat. Um, so I would say number one is the food records. Then you want to really get a handle on beverages and water intake. Mm-hmm. Are you somebody that guzzles water all day long? Are you somebody that yep. most of your, your, your beverages are like coffee or alcohol? You know, we need like <laughs> wine, <laughs> like exactly. Is it wine in one hand, coffee in the other, which believe me, I have days like that too. I am not perfect, but, but that's something that really, really helps because when we feel even the slightest bit of dehydration we can so quickly and easily confuse that with hunger. And sometimes you're eating oh. so much more, but you're really just thirsty. That. Yes. Wow. The body can't always tell the difference. So to figure out how much water you need, the easiest way is to take your weight in pounds, divide it by two, and that's roughly how many ounces that you should drink every day. So like 150 you know, person, uh, pound person would have about 75 ounces a day. So wait, I have to get on a scale to do that. <laughs> you know what's so interesting yeah. is that I have I literally cut out all everything except for like plain seltzer water. That's all I drink, and it it really does help me. I mean, it really, I feel like seltzer water has been like the the magic bullet in my because because it, it feels the carbonation feels like a, it feels filling. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And you could even add like you know like lemon to it, like a fresh lemon or something. But I don't, but I, I don't, you know, a lot of, I don't do any of the sweetener ones. I just do the plain old fashioned old lady Jewish. I used to make fun of my, <laughs> my, my Zadie. He used to get seltzer delivered to his oh, house. Yeah. Like it's so funny. When I was little, I was like, oh, that's disgusting. Now that's all I drink. When I leave New York <laughs> City, I'm like, what the hell? You don't have seltzer? I go crazy. I have to bring, I literally bring bottles with me whenever I leave New York City. But I, I really feel like that's been the, the, you know, the, the help for me. So Lauren, mm-hmm. you might want to try that. Oh, I've been drinking a lot of water. You're good with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, and I've been adding lemon to it. So I, I but I, I'm drinking a lot more water. And I'm drinking, by the way, just so you know, a lot less wine. So I have, I, you know, I'll have, I'll have a glass maybe with my friends at night, the nights that I, you know, see them or hang out with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But I have uh, really, really taken You're that. You're coming with, out of it. 
I started a wine fairy group in my town, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I know. Wait, wait, Lisa. Since we have you, though, I really would right, like yeah. to know. This is the one thing that I've always wanted to know. Let's just break down this debate once and for all. Yes, is a wine good for you? So it really depends on the type of wine, but wine especially because it's made from grapes. It has that natural resveratrol, which is a really super amazing antioxidant that they link basically to everything at this point, um, from heart health to diabetes prevention, to immune support, to weight loss, to like it's everything, but that's just antioxidants in general. So that's the one thing that is beneficial about drinking wine, aside from a few other benefits of how it can make us feel relaxed and all of that stuff. But, but at the end of the day, um, alcohol, no matter what form, is calories. It is a lot of calories, so it's calorie dense. Um, but the way we actually metabolize calories can be a little different than the way we metabolize calories from food, like fats and carbs and proteins. So there is studies showing that it's not so much alcohol that affects, if we're specifically talking about weight management, Yes. It's not so much alcohol that affects it, but it's more of what comes after that alcohol. So if you're somebody ah, that has yep. a bottle of wine and then you're like, oh, I'll have some of those chips and fries and cake. And That's like, it's, yep, That's we just me. like all of a sudden forget about every, all of our intentions yep. and all of I, our goals. I've mm-hmm. been, I could do great during the day. And then, and I was never a snacker and before this. And once I ate dinner, I was done. You know, and now if I'm drinking or I uh, up until like five days ago, I can Hoover everything. I mean, I <laughs> do, let me you have to lock me out of the pantry because I'm going to eat everything in sight. So, Lisa, yes. one of your tips then be maybe talking about dieting issues during isolation. Maybe it's time to, you know, cut down on the alcohol. You know, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's so many issues already well, with like. Women in yes. wine. I mean, there's a wine fairy. Yeah. You know, wine fairies. Yeah. Lauren's doing like so much <laughs> there's around clubs. Yes, yeah, yeah. so much revolve, revolves around like, oh, it's time for my wine. Wine Wednesday. You know, me and my wine. Oh, it's it's wine. wine o'clock. Wait, it's wine right. o'clock. It's like we make fun of it, but like maybe there's something to be said about really like you know taking well, it yes. seriously. I think if you're serious and you're just not feeling great and you're like, you know what, I'm at the point where I'm just like not having energy and my mood is affected and I don't have the confidence to, to go out and do the things that I once did. You know, if that's really happening to you, then definitely like, let's make a change. You don't have to, to pick out alcohol specifically. You just have to start somewhere. But if that's the biggest issue that you think you have right now, of course, that might be the area to start with. You know, you might not have any other vices. Alcohol might be the only one. Some people have no issues with cravings and desserts and chips and food. It's all the alcohol. Some people, it's other things. But right. if that's the big thing, I think the first the first thing you do is ask yourself why, right? Anything that we struggle with, it's like, first, you want to know the why before you focus on the what. Um, you know, is there something that you're looking for that you're missing? Is there an emotion, not to get too deep, but like, is there an emotional void there? Is there something that you're using that to replace or to numb or to escape from, which is totally fine because we all need that escape time to time. But if it's becoming excessive, I think you have to dig a little deeper. Um, but definitely if it's, if it's kind of more surface level, then, then you have to cut down what the American Heart Association recommends is one drink a day for women and two drinks for men, which sucks. Men get a little bit more. It is what it is. Um, and a lot of that has to do with like a hormone that helps them to metabolize that alcohol a little differently than women. 
Um, but one drink is five ounces of wine. Do you know what that looks like? That's like half nothing. of a wine glass. <laughs> That's a like not ball. even a full <laughs> wine glass. It's nothing. It's wow. one shot glass. One shot glass of any sort of spirits or liquor is one drink. Wow. And that's hard. If you get a martini, that's two drinks right there. So it's hard to do that. But I think it all just depends on how much, how often. And again, that, that why behind it. But I do have a few clients that, you know, they noticed they were drinking a little bit more during the pandemic, during quarantine. The weight was going up. They didn't know what was going on. You know, they weren't maybe fully transparent about how much alcohol they were consuming for some reasons, whatever. I never judged though. And then as soon as they cut it out, yeah, the scale started going in the right direction again. So, Yay. It, so there you go. You know, like it, it really depends on the person. Some people will cut it out and nothing, absolutely not even like a little tiny ounce on the scale difference. So it really depends on the person. But going back to what you said before about the scale, Lauren, is that I also, my feeling about the scale is this. You don't need to weigh yourself. There's like no real reason that you have to step on the scale. A lot of that is in our heads. And I think wanting that validation, wanting to know and thinking how important it is to to be a certain number, to fit in that healthy range from the BMI chart. It's a broken system, a medical system that prioritizes BMIs and weights. So you don't have to. But I think for some people, what happens is they don't weigh in at all because they're afraid or because they're, they, they're denying it or because they don't want to focus on it. Um, and, and as a result, they're not doing all the self-care that they should be doing. And for those people, it, it might be a good thing to like, you know what, rip off the Band-Aid, get on the scale, check out the number. It is what it is. It's just a number. And if it's more than you want it to see, you're going to do something about it. So who cares? You know, I know it can be very emotional. I'm not saying it's so easy to think that way. But the more you look at it as like an objective information and just just a number and you and you and if it motivates you then to take action, then it can be a positive thing in your life. But once a week, first thing in the morning, don't try to even do it any other time of day. I I can't say when people tell me they weigh themselves at night and multiple times a day, maybe even that week if you know, right before your period, if you're getting a period, don't even do it at all. Just like save yourself the, you know, because the scale will fluctuate. And a lot of that is from water. And if you're going to the bathroom regularly, like there's so many variables with it. So no matter what, it's going to fluctuate. But that's my feeling about the scale in general. Okay. Yeah. I, it's funny. I had a, um, a, my father, may he rest in peace, used to weigh himself like all the time. And then he'd like, yeah, he'd say, I just played tennis and I lost four pounds. And I'm like, because it's water weight. <laughs> and I'm like, have a glass of water and it's going to come right back on. You're an idiot. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. So it was funny. Right. But yes. I, you know, I think I, I go the other, well, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have weighed myself and it's frightening. And I do it, you know, once a week because I know I don't want to, just like you said, I don't want to be led by the number. I go by how my clothes fit mostly. Mm-hmm. If they mm-hmm. fit, we're good. If they don't fit, it's time to do something. And guess what? Uh, my clothes aren't fitting. Uh, you know, I've got to put on summer clothes now because I'm leaving the house. And I'm like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. that's tight. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and my jeans have some stretch, but, you know, not that much. So, yeah. yeah. So what else? It's, it's time to do something then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, I, I've definitely gotten there, but, you know, I know that there's probably a lot of women and men out there mm-hmm. that are just like, what do I do? You know, and they might not be there yet or, or they may never be. And it's okay. I, I don't judge. I think you have to do it. it feels mm-hmm. 
right, right for right. you. Like, we're, we're totally not judging, by the way. We're not judging. Yeah. We're not, no. We're not, and we're not saying that anyone should base their self-worth on the numbers on a scale. Absolutely not. Or, or, or you know, if, if, you know, you, maybe you don't feel like you, you lost control of your eating habits and, you know, but, you know, there's never any judgment on this podcast. It's more just about, you know, things that Laura and I are both feeling. And we, we, we know there are people that share our concerns and our thoughts. And so we, mm-hmm. we, that's why we love having people like you on so you can tell us, you know, do, do, are we normal for feeling this way? And what can we do to make our lives better? Yes. Okay. So let's say we, let's say we have, we're keeping a journal. We are okay. drinking a lot of water. We are cutting back on the booze. Yep. What else? And yeah. also, we're not really weighing ourselves. If you say, yeah, we're not oh, crazy with the scale. Not obsessing about the scale. Right. And then, and then other, another few things that you can also look at is those eating times. You know, are you going mm. all day without eating? And then once the kids are in bed or once you finish with your work, it's like a free-for-all. You know, those kinds of habits also can yes. really catch up to you. Even though a calorie is a calorie, no matter when you eat it, yep. there is yep. something to be said about when those calories are coming into your body. And then of course, waiting too long to eat is most likely going to make you eat a little differently and possibly a little bit more food at the same time. It affects our food choices. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question then? Lisa? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm reading a lot about intermittent fasting. Yes. I was just going to so, say mm-hmm. that. Yep. I know. Cause I can read your mind. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because a lot of people are doing it and yeah, are, yes. are claiming that they have success. So yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah. And I could read both of your minds because I was actually going to talk about that too, because oh, okay. I know, <laughs> I know that that is like a question I get all the time. So intermittent fasting is like this. There are studies and there are a lot of studies at this point and research showing the benefits to intermittent fasting Um, whether it's doing like the 12 to 8 p.m., you know, or doing like, you know, like the 16 hour fast, which is what most people do, or going maybe one or two days without eating at all. And the benefits are usually linked to diabetes prevention, heart health inflammation, even weight loss, even digestion issues. So it is there. My whole thing about it is that anytime that you tell somebody like, don't eat at this time, eat at this time, how could I tell somebody what their body is asking for? How could I tell you when your body is asking for food? So I feel point. like it's just so loaded with, with potential to become disordered and to <laughs> cause disordered eating with people that I, I really would never come out and recommend it for somebody. But there's a lot of people that are like, hey, I hate breakfast anyway. I really don't eat anyway until like 11 o'clock. It's mo- for me, it's more, more of that after dinner stuff. Then if they say, okay, I'm going to stop eating after eight, they're eliminating a lot of processed foods, foods that don't have a lot of nutrients in it, foods that are higher in sugar or salt or saturated fat, then, then great. Then I think it, it can definitely help you. You don't want to go to bed on a completely empty stomach. I'm sorry, a completely full stomach, but you also don't want to go to bed on a completely empty stomach because in either scenario, it's going to mess and affect your, your quality of sleep. And if you're not sleeping well, then nothing is going to go well for you. You know, sleep is so, so important. So that's my feeling about it. I think it really depends on the person, but I also think there's people out there who are super, super healthy, don't have any of these issues and they don't intermittent fast, you know, like you can be healthy either way. Like you don't have to do intermittent fast. I will tell you from experience, professional experience, I have clients that do this and I will say, unfortunately, and they do it pretty much by the book, no changes with their weight. Nothing oh. at all. No difference at all. So I haven't seen weight loss 
from my professional experience come out of it. Unless like you're literally like, okay, I'm going to cut out like the chips and the cookies and the donuts and the mindless eating while I'm on the couch, you know, watching Netflix, then yeah, you'll probably lose weight by cutting that out. So my recommendation for people is if you want to do anything, I think a 12 hour fast between the last meal of the day and the first meal of the day is, is great. And that's enough. And you can still reap some benefits from that. That's great. Okay. So I do that. So 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 we want to, we got to wrap this up because we're already (laughs) at 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, so then let's just break down again those the, the yes. bullet points of dieting, you know, issues while during isolation and your tips. So we, yes. so we okay. have, yeah. Break you want me to do it or yeah, you want to say it? No, no, break okay. it down for us. And then we're going to, you know, then because we don't want to. Yeah. yeah. We'll okay. summarize. I could keep going. So I'm glad that you cut me off because <laughs> I could literally talk for hours about this oh, clearly. And we love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first thing was the food records and you can do this anyway. You can write it in an old fashioned journal, pen to paper is very therapeutic, or you can download one of the thousand quadrillion apps that are available. Calorie counting apps, my fitness pal, lose it. You could take pictures with uh, the eight app ATE. So there's endless options there. Number two was the water hydration. Take your weight in pounds, divide it by two. That's roughly how many ounces a day. Try to really stick with plain water. Try to avoid anything sugary, even artificial sweeteners. I really, um, I don't say avoid completely, just obviously they're not giving any benefit benefits to your body or provide any nutritional value. So try to cut down on those. Um, then we talked about checking out that alcohol intake, you know, assessing what's going on there. Remember one drink a day is like five ounces of wine, one shot glass, one 12 ounce beer. If it's becoming excessive, if it's affecting your eating and your exercising and your energy, then it, it might be time to, to kind of try to cut that down at least a little bit. Um, and then we talked about food times and making sure that you're eating regularly throughout the day. So that's what I say is like true biological hunger is roughly every three to five hours, depending on what you ate before. And then maybe a 12 hour fast between uh, last meal of the day and first meal of the day. Woo. Thank you. That was awesome. There you go. Yay. All right. Thank thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Boom. All right. Thanks so much, Lisa. Of course. Thank you for having me again. It was it was a lot of fun. <laughs>